Hello and welcome to Crosstalk, where all things are considered. I'm Peter Lavelle. The International Criminal Court has accused Russia of committing war crimes in Ukraine. Of course, the Biden administration could not be more pleased. The ICC, you see, has a long history of doing Washington's bidding. The same court Washington refuses to be part of. discuss these issues and more, I'm joined by my guests, George Samueli in Budapest. He's a podcaster at The Gaggle, which can be found on YouTube and Locals. And in Marrakesh, we cross to Martin Jay. He's an award-winning journalist and commentator. All right, gentlemen, crosstalk rules in effect. That means you can jump in anytime you want, and I always appreciate it. All right, let's start out with George in Budapest. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're not surprised any more than uh, Martin and our audience that the, these, uh, quote-unquote, indictments, accusations uh, have, have been leveled against Russia. Um, Please explain what the International Criminal Court is, because after all, the United States is not in it, Ukraine isn't in it, and Russia isn't in it. So why is it important, or maybe it's not? Well, it's, it's very important to um, appreciate that the International Criminal Court was actually a creation of the United States. A lot of people keep talking about, oh, the U.S. has nothing to do, the U.S. hates the ICC, and so on. The United States was instrumental in its creation, but of course, implicit in the project was that the United States would not accept its jurisdiction. I mean, it's like, you know, you're the sovereign, but the sovereign is uh, creates the law, is not uh, bound by the law. So that was the thing with the United States. So it's a propaganda exercise um, when the ICC issues its uh, indictments. I mean, the whole purpose of this is that it's the adversaries of the United States who are targeted by the ICC. And, and that's the function of these, uh, these strange international legal bodies that, uh, you know, for, before the ICC was the International Criminal Tribunal for the former Yugoslavia, that at various times during the conflict came out with politically opportune uh, indictments. So, you know, in 1995, just as peace talks are about to begin, it indicts uh, Radovan Karadzic and Ratko Mladic to prevent them from taking part in peace talks. Same thing happened during the Kosovo bombing. Boom! Right, right, right as the bombing is losing support uh, domestically, the I ICTY comes out with an indictment of uh, Milosevic. So this was entirely predictable that at some point the ICC would issue an arrest warrant or an indictment. And this is, of, of course, the first of a series. I mean, they, they, it's not going to stop here. They're going to be issuing indictment after indictment uh, of Putin, of just about every uh, Russian official, to continue to get these um, uh, brownie points from all of the sort of the do-gooder liberal humanitarian brigade. Oh, great, look, we're, we're on the right side of history. The ICC is issuing with indictments. It's a body with no legal authority whatsoever. Its statements should be ignored resolutely. Yes, Martin, because it's an attempt at universal jurisdiction, but that jurisdiction doesn't cover the United States. I mean, there's even been a resolution passed by the U.S. Congress that the U.S. Congress, the U.S. would actually use military force against The Hague if an American were put on trial. I mean, it's that sounds crazy, but it's actually true that they would resort to force to protect Americans from prosecution for war crimes, which if you look at the number of conflicts the United States has been in, involved in over the last 40, 50 years, 
there's a lot of conflicts to cover there and a lot of soldiers' culpability that could be uh, investigated, though it, the U.S. will not allow its own soldiers to be, or it, citizens in general, to be uh, under that jurisdiction. But everybody else is, apparently. Mark? Yeah, there's, a, there's an awful lot in the old saying, uh, be careful what you wish for. Um, I think that may well be the case if... If we raise the profile of the ICC, if more people understand what it is, what it does, but I think for an awful lot of people watching today, it's just another opaque, vague, self-serving, somewhat useless institution on the European continent. And there's so many of them. I mean, you can just, you know, the list, European Commission, European Parliament, European Court of Human Rights, you know, it just goes on and on. What do these institutions actually do? Well, I think George nailed it. They are very good at making statements. They are very good at, at, at feeding the PR machine. But at a certain point, the, the, the motor runs dry, you know, and journalists stop knocking out the narrative. They don't have much else to say. I think it was very much a symbolic thing. But I also think for a lot of people who understand the, the complications um, of, of the Ukraine war, I think they will look at it as a sort of desperate measure by the Americans. What else can Biden do? You know, he's really up against it now. You know, time's not on his side. Um, the money's running out. And um, you know, what else can journalists pump out during these rather, um, you know, empty periods where there's not much to write about. So I think um, it, it's very much a token thing. You know, also in the last couple of weeks, no, I'll have to correct myself, the last couple of months, um, there have been reports that the ICC is also going to um, play more hardball against the Israeli government on its um, activities in, in, in Palestine, the human rights abuses carried out there. You know, and the Palestinians got also very excited about this, but they're also just starting to realize that it's a very much an empty gesture. You know, it's very much about uh, making statements and not really doing much else, because internationally, when we talk about international law, there isn't, there, there isn't much there to go on. The interesting thing, I think, which was raised by a commentator just a couple of days ago on the on the radio was that um, this will oblige a number of countries, a number of member countries, to arrest Putin if he ever travels to those countries. But I think it may well um, be a rod for their own back because he may well, he may well defy that and go to those countries and then no arrest will be made. And then think of the negative PR for this institution in The Hague, which I, I've visited, by the way, and it's probably the most boring city in the entire European continent. Uh, I wonder if that, why they put it there. Apologies to the good people of The Hague. But, you know, so we shouldn't look too much into this. I think it's a desperate, you know, far-flung, rather pathetic PR um, ruse, which really won't go much further. Well, but George, of course, you know, when you read mainstream media, there's always the reference to the Nuremberg, Nuremberg Tribunal. They're trying to give it equivalency here, and it's the magnitude of it all. And um, and then, then like the 14th or 15th paragraph, the United States is not part of it. Ukraine is not part. But those, there's a specific cutout that maybe you can explain to us when it comes to Ukraine. Russia is not part of it. Israel is not part of it. China is not part of it. Um, but, you know, once you invoke the Nuremberg trials, you know, this is something that they want to do. It's Part of the prop rolling out the propaganda, George. Yes, that's right. Um, so it's very much uh, the kind of desire of the uh, the human rights brigade that there will be these big war crimes trials uh, in which you have these defendants with their heads hanging down preferably behind the kind of a, a glass booth like Adolf Eichmann. And then, you know, they'll have these eloquent human rights uh, prosecutors raining down accusations on these uh, hapless uh, individuals. And that would be the final triumph of a sort of global human rights movement. Well, it, it's very interesting what you said about uh, Ukraine, because Ukraine 
is not a part of the ICC. But what Ukraine did, it says, well, we will uh, recognize uh, ICC jurisdiction on crimes committed against us on our territory. So therefore, we will be happy to cooperate with you in order that you'll be able to prosecute uh, people who have committed crimes against us. And they said, that's fine. That, that's your example. Just to be sure, clear, George, but crimes that they may or may not have committed themselves. Right, exactly. No, that's, yeah, exactly. So it's it's what they they claim. These are crimes committed against us. So you can we're we'll, we're happy to provide you with uh, evidence and uh, and you you know you can go and investigate the people we want you to investigate. And of course, when you read this uh, arrest warrant and then the statement by this uh, ridiculous figure who's the, the president of the ICC. It's entirely based on the accusations uh, made by uh, the Ukraine government. I mean, they have done no investigation of their own. They've simply taken it uh, as uh, absolutely true, the claims that Russia has been abducting children and taking them against their will uh, in, into Russia. All of that is just simply an accusation that uh, the Zelensky gang have been making uh, for months and months. So simply the ICC just accepted it uh, wholesale. Yeah, Martin, it, it, there's not much of a discovery process here, is there? I mean, as George has pointed out here, well, the Kiev, the Kiev regime says it's true, it must be true, it must be investigated, and the trials must uh, move forward. That, that, has not, uh, uh, that doesn't have a whole lot to do with the rule of law, that is, um, uh, the, the, the rule of uh, injustice and propaganda. Well, I think the legal word is inference. That's what defamation lawyers use. Inference, you know, it's just you go to people who you like, and are on your side geopolitically, and you ask for their opinions or views about a, a given series of events in a conflict zone, and you omit an awful lot of the negative stuff they might pass your way and just pick out the stuff that suits your case. Um, we've seen this, this is repeating itself, isn't it? We've seen the same thing with the Chemicals Agency, which I think is also in The Hague, the IEA, which uh, was investigating the so-called chemical attacks by Assad. You know, after a while, um, I think people began to realize this is very much a one-sided narrative. And it, there was a particular point where they actually um, admitted to themselves and to the and to the and to journalists who were who were um, uh, who probed the, 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 these claims about Assad from his own people that in fact the, the original report was um, wrong and it had been heavily uh, edited and a huge scandal broke out. But if I remember correctly, the conclusion of that scandal was that the Russians offered to actually send their own investigators to Syria, do their own investigation. And this was rebuffed. And I think this is, you know, a really good example of how a lot of these institutions really aren't very objective at all in anything they do and how very political they are with their um, objectives and who their masters are. You know, I think, look, the last week has been really interesting for the, for the people who are watching, who have been observing the Ukraine war from a distance and the geopolitical implications of what's going on. Biden is really against the ropes now. You know, with this new deal that China brokered um, yeah. it, with, it, with Iran, um, and then a week before that, the Saudis um, are creating a, a new, bolder relationship with Russia. You know, all this is looking like a nightmare for him because whenever this happens... You know, it just reaffirms this point over and over again was that, you know, words that we often use on this show, you know, it's like U.S. hegemony. I wonder how long we are going to continue using that phrase, because, you know, the China deal that, which brokered peace um, between Iran and the Saudis, which I never thought 
I would never see yeah. in my, in my all of us. I, I, mean, I, I, I was shocked. To I be was honest. shocked as well. You know, but it reaffirmed a point, which is that any idiot can start a war around the world with a few hundred million dollars and a few containers of arms. It takes superpowers to stop wars. It takes superpowers to actually broker peace. And that's really what the message was to I think an awful lot of people in the global south. They looked at America. So America keeps starting wars around the, around the world, you know, and it, it takes a superpower like China to come in and actually um, stop it. And I think, you know, this is one of the things that we're seeing now is that as Ukraine goes on and on and on, America starts to look weaker and weaker and indecisive and ineffective in everything that it does. So I think this, you know, the ICC, um, this latest, uh, <laughs> it's just so fatuous and so silly. What's going on? You know, with, well, with, with, right before we go to the break, George, it, I was really surprised that Joe Biden actually publicly said, "But we're not part of this um, uh, <laughs> a statute." Yeah. I mean, I, again, you know, I mean, gaps really are uh, reveal what you're really thinking. Just a few seconds before we go to the break, George. Now he blurted that out. I mean, he, he's uh, <laughs> that's the problem. I mean, when you're not, you don't have all your mental faculties uh, under control, you <laughs> you kind of blurt these things out. As you said, uh, Peter, you're supposed to leave that part in paragraph. 27 of your long New York Times uh, think piece. You're not supposed to just blurt it out in, in the All right. start of the interview. All right, I'm going to jump in here, guys. We're going to a short break, and after that short break, we'll continue our discussion on some real news. Stay with RT. Welcome back to Crosstalk, where all things are considered. I'm Peter Loyal. This is the home edition to remind you we're discussing some real issues. All right, let's go back to uh, Martin and Marrakesh. Marrakesh, part, part of the allegations that the ICC has made against Russia is about um, uh, the uh, uh, removal of children from the Donbass uh, to Russia. Um, from what my understanding is a lot of these children are being adopted because they were victims of the conflict over eight years, nine years now in the Donbass. These are orphans essentially right here, but that's not the message you're getting from these um, uh, allegations coming from the ICC. Children, the subject of children is a really polemic one. And I, I think it's quite interesting that we haven't seen any evidence to back any of these allegations up, you know, kidnapping of children. I think that's Kidnapp. preposterous, frankly. You know, I think what was happening at the time was that um, Putin saw the importance of of safeguarding these kids. And and he, he just didn't, he didn't even waste a minute, didn't even waste a second in, in shifting them to safer ground. It's a great shame that we don't have, um, excuse me, it's a great shame we don't have um, more initiatives like that from the, from Western agencies, from Western governments, from the UN, when the war broke out. You know, if we look, if we do a tally of the number of kids that have been killed that have stayed in the in the in these in these hotspots. You know, it's really ironic and rather sickening uh, from from my perspective to see how um, how the ICC is putting this case together because it's so incredibly um, one-sided and really not at all objective. If we look back at um, so many huge conflicts that have happened, um, certainly in my career, you know, and the amount of times where um, massive, huge international Western organizations have just done absolutely nothing. I'm thinking of Rwanda in 1994, where, you know, the Clinton administration was so terrified of doing anything at all because of uh, 23 dead soldiers in Somalia um, uh, the the year, uh, couple of years before I was there, I covered it. You know that it just became completely mute and and it, it really impotent to 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 act. And I think you know we we don't see any um, opprobrium 
it's from these people who take the high moral ground, the great leader writers of the Washington Post, the New York Times, or, or any of these um, world leaders who, who have actually supported and lent their weight against this latest ICC um, charge against Putin. So it seems a lot of hypocrisy. And that's really what we're dealing with. We're dealing with hypocrisy and BS on a colossal level here. I wonder really um, how long this can go on. I mean, before the, the, the newspapers, the media start to turn uh, look to Biden and start um, asking some harder questions. Because I, I do tend to think that this is really a smokescreen. I think this is really just something, this is smoke, this is dust being thrown in the faces to, of a lot of people to distract away from bigger issues which are coming Biden's way, you know, um, like what's happening with the Republicans. Um, are they going to run on a single ticket of no more money to, to Ukraine? You know, what does that do to Zelensky? It is already, there is some speculation in the press now that Zelensky is starting to turn. And I wonder if this is part of all this story, is that he's now looking for, for new partners. Maybe he'll even look to the Chinese. I mean, the Chinese. Yeah. Well, that's in the air. Yeah. That's in the air. You know, we're, you know, we're really lucky on this recording that we have George, because George is an expert on what the ICC did with the former Yugoslavia. George, you know, you know given their behavior and uh, the precedent sent, uh, sent, uh, established there. How does that bode for it when it comes to um, Ukraine? Because I'd like to point out, George uh, has educated me a lot on this, is that um, in that situation, um, the chances that you're a Serb, you're going to be guilty, non-Serb, innocent. It, it, it's very focused. It's almost racist. Go ahead, George. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, it's very, very important to keep that in mind, because again, when the International Criminal Tribunal for the former Yugoslavia was set up in 1993, um, it was billed as, well, this is not going to be a victor's tribunal. This is going to be objective, and uh, everybody who's committed crimes, you know, whatever their nationality, will be in the crosshairs. Well, of course, it wasn't. And everybody knew that it wasn't. The uh, the UN Security Council, which had been very uh, hostile to the Serbs, it set this up. Again, no real legal basis for doing so. And that's what the ICTY did. It targeted the Serbs who had been targeted by the United States and, and its allies at the UN Security Council. So the overwhelming majority, I mean, you know, the, it's like something 90% of the sentences of the, uh, uh, of the prosecution have been against the Serbs. And, and that, was, that was the whole purpose of this tribunal, to demonize the Serbs. It was the Serbs who started the war, the Serbs who committed all the atrocities, the Serbs committed genocide. Everything was the fault of the Serbs. That's what, what the ICTY did. And that's what the ICC is doing. So there's nothing more pathetic than these uh, do-gooder crowds, some of these libertarians, responsible statecraft people say, well, I'm for the um, uh, indictment of uh, Putin as long as you indict George W. Bush. So yes, let's have Putin in the dock, but let's also have Henry Kissinger in the dock. It's not going to happen. These <laughs> courts are set up for the purpose of, of targeting the, the people that the United States and the West wants targeted. George W. Bush is never going to be at the ICC. Tony Blair is not going to be arrested and hauled off to the Hague. It, it's utterly stupid that these people peddle this idea. Well, that's good. That's a good start that we have Putin here. Um, but next, we, you know, let's, let's have Tony Blair. It's, it's ridiculous. It isn't going to happen. The, the ICC is doing exactly what the ICC was set up to do. You know, Eve, uh, um, Martin, you've already mentioned it in the program, and I think it's very interesting, and I think it's prescient on your part, is that these are Western-driven institutions, um, primarily 
almost exclusively out of Washington here. And of course, for maybe Western publics that don't know any of the nuances that we've already discussed on this program, they seem like good um, um, good institutions, uh, well-meaning, you know, it's like Nuremberg trials and all of that. But, you know, it, one of the things that we have all learned uh, through the course of this uh, conflict in Ukraine is that most of the world, the global majority, global south, whatever you want, they're seeing this as just another level of hypocrisy, okay? I mean, you know, African leaders, you know, they they know what the ICC, if they're looking at Africa, they know that, you know, it's going to be foes of the, uh, of the Europeans and of the Americans, okay? It's very, very selective. And, you know, even though you and I, all three of us can mock it, I mean, uh, the rest of the world just says, you know, again, this is just an example of Western hypocrisy, where they get the rule of laws to their advantage, and we're all at the, uh, get the short end of the stick. Go ahead. And you live in you, you live in the global south. Go ahead. I live in the global south. Yeah, and it's um, whenever you talk about ICC in Africa, most people will think of the arrest of Charles Taylor. You know, now right. the interesting thing about Taylor is that it's not very well known. Um, but if you dig deep enough and you read enough nerdy books, it is revealed by a few choice journalists that Taylor was a real puppet of the Americans. You know, and Taylor was actually helped in overthrowing uh, the, the 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 country and, and taking power by the Americans. Um, but he played this hot and cold relationship. One minute he was in their favor, the next minute they hated him. In the end, they threw him to the dogs, you know, and they and they, and they pushed the ICC to arrest him and, and to and to put a case against him. And I think um that you know, the Africa, Africa is a continent which has is losing all the time its confidence in the North, in the West, in the European Union and, and American countries. You know, it's so funny that um we talk about the global south and Africa, but every single day that passes, we see their their, their confidence draining in the European Union in particular and, and in America. And there are signs. There are signs there which you can see every day if you wish to. You know, they're watching very, very closely these huge seismic deals that are going ahead, like, as I mentioned before, Saudi Arabia and Russia and China brokering the peace deal with the Iranians. You know, the implications of Iran and Saudi Arabia now not looking at each other um, with, with and pointing barrels at each other, but actually working out investment in each other's countries. And, and the knock-on effect that has, it's right across the region. And the Africans pick this up. They're thinking, oh, okay, so then does that mean Morocco and Algeria will no longer have this East-West Cold War nonsense that been, that's been going on for so long? You know, will it, will, it, will, it, will it relieve the tensions all across the continent? But the funny thing is, is that the European Union needs Africa. And it's just, it gives you an example of just how, how pathetic and just how weak and ineffective the EU leaders are and the European Union itself, when just about a week ago, um, the European Union's gardener-in-chief, Mr. Borrell, Joseph Borrell, a man we have great reverence for on this, on this, <laughs> of course, on this you know, um, it traveled to Algeria and um, made some very bold statements in Algeria, you know, and the two key messages that, that came across were, well, we need more of your gas. Um, and if you could fix the Ukraine war for us and get a peace deal, we'd really appreciate that as well. I mean, the European Union asking Algeria just to sort out a peace deal, just how bad can it get? You know, I mean, that's just really pathetic. African leaders pick up on those messages. African leaders see that visit and understand exactly what's going on in the world. You know, they're, they're not stupid. So, so I think, um, you know, this, this, these recent events, you know, will be noted by the African elites. And I think it just, it just trains the credibility once again of, of this very opaque institution that hardly anybody's ever heard of anyway.
You know, you know, George. One, it's already been mentioned here about the the peace, uh, the um, deal uh, that the, the Chinese have brokered between the Iranians and the Saudis. One thing from the global south is. You know, if you have a conflict with a neighbor or, or an international dispute, you don't have to have a superpower patron. You can actually have a neutral, disinterested, well, more or less disinterested uh, broker. And that is, you know, that sends, you know, a, a very strong message. You don't have to sell your soul and your sovereignty uh, to get protection. And that considering what the Americans are doing to the Germans right now, probably not a good idea to have a Western patron. George. Yes, exactly. And it's very interesting. I mean, the, the contrast between uh, Russia and China, I think, brokering this agreement between uh, Iran and Saudi Arabia with the American approach, which is, well, let's keep this war going forever. I mean, the, <laughs> what the Americans have done in uh, Syria is what? It's just, let's say, well, let's just keep this going forever. I mean, there's no, no, no prospect whatsoever at any time that there'll be any kind of a negotiated outcome, stable government, economic uh, prosperity. No, we'll just keep pouring in arms. We're going to keep trying to isolate Syria. We're going to try and keep making sure that yep. Syria doesn't get any reconstruction aid. That's what the Americans have. And, you know, we have Libya. It's now 12 years since America started bombing Libya, and it's still an absolutely destroyed country. Um, so, yes, this is, you know, the thing, as Marty said, you know, Africans look upon this and say, well, who's trying to further peace and uh, prosperity and cooperation, and who just simply wants conflicts to go on forever? And again, yeah. when, when this uh, the White House spokesman uh, said the other day, well, we can't possibly accept the, uh, the Chinese peace plan because that would keep um, you know, Russians' gains in place and it would be in violation of the UN Charter. In other words, we need to keep this war going uh, for as long as possible until we get what we want. So, yeah, we so so who basically stands for uh, peace and cooperation? Who stands for permanent war? Yeah, well, you're not going to you, you won't get those answers in the Washington Post, the New York Times or the Financial Times. But then again, of um, the elites in the global south, they don't particularly pay attention to those organs of state information anymore. That's all the time we have, gentlemen. I want to thank my guests in Marrakesh and, and in Budapest. I want to thank our viewers for watching us here at RT. See you next time. And remember, crosstalk rules.